done it. Now Caruso runs a break. Caldwell Pope goes to the wing here. Play at the defensive end, got blown by back. Oh, yes! Hook jam! Hard step back, puts up the three, got hit, shot's good! And one! Hey, what's up, y'all? Uh, Kendall here. Uh, so we recorded this episode on January 12th, uh, but uh, following this, um, I experienced uh, some personal things going on in my life. So during that time, I just didn't touch my computer, didn't really touch this. But I still want to get this episode out. Uh, so that way you all can, you know, let, uh, let, let y'all know what we was talking about, how we feel on these topics. Uh, there was another episode coming out that George and I just did on the 25th that we posted today as well. But like I said, I'm just putting this out just to put it out for uh, reference. So, yeah, enjoy the show. What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy. I tried. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Trey Ball. <laughs> it's your boy, Kid K. How here again with uh, George Bucket Patrol. Bill, BP. introduce yourself, my man. Welcome back. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, George. Some of you might know me as BP. Some of you might know me as whatever you call me. Destiny, I don't really care. I'm the guy who comes in here with the good takes. So just call me that. Call me good takes. Good takes. Call me good take guy. If I don't have good enough takes. Um, we're back here again uh, with another episode of Trey Ball, as you already know. Uh, January 12th is today's day. We're recording this episode. Um, NBA is looking very interesting right now. Still beginning of the season, um, having some games being postponed. Uh, let's just dive straight into the leading topic of the day. This came out uh, a couple of days ago, uh, but it's been, I guess, pushed more forward uh, towards the media as the main story in the NBA right now with Kyrie Irving uh, not being with uh, Brooklyn Nets team. He was out last week due to personal reasons. Uh, I mean, you know how people have been in the media not trying to, like, you're just harping on him and, like, saying, oh, what's the reasons? Why is he not telling everybody, blah, 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 this and then the third? Everybody's been on Kyrie's case. I, You know how I feel about that type of stuff. Everybody, I don't like how everybody's been on Kyrie's case ever since he left Cleveland and he came out about why he didn't want to be with LeBron. And I feel like ever since then, people just kind of targeted him in the media. But um, this new instance that we have here, uh, Kyrie Irving is being investigated by the league now after a video surface of him at a family party without a mask, because uh, according to you know, the NBA protocols, COVID protocol that they had, <laughs> excuse me, that was not according to the rules. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later on the show too, how they added more rules to that protocol as well. So he's not expected to return back to the team this, this week. Is this a big deal? George, you know, right now we see the Nets right now sitting in the 5-6 record. They're playing uh, against the Nuggets right now as we speak. Um is this a big deal? You know, they lost Mr. Nidwitty with that tour. Uh, was it ACL in his in his, uh, mm, in his, in his uh, leg? Left knee, I think. Yeah, left left knee or right. It might it might have been right knee. I don't know. Yeah, it's he, one he, of the he, he's only got two knees. One of the knees. Yeah, yeah, he got he only got two ACLs. One or the other. One of the, uh, so after points. after losing him, you know, Kyrie Irving being that actual main point guard of that team, you know, him not being there, what does this mean for the team, George? Uh, I really don't think it means much. I mean, at the end of the day, Kyrie is just, you know, his ancient stage, whatever kind of stuff he'd be on, Karma Sutra, Flat Earth, hanging out. He might not even think the virus exists. I don't even know. Kyrie's out there. But at the end of the day, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. He's hanging out with family. I mean, how many people are really wearing masks at the cookout? How many people are really wearing masks when they were hanging out with family on New Year's or Christmas? He's just doing normal people stuff. What does concern me is more so about him being out for four straight games for personal reasons. And then he's there. I don't really know exactly what he's got going on. Obviously, he's with family. Maybe there might be a family emergency. That doesn't need to be public domain. We don't need to know. I don't really care. He just does the cool dribble moves and spin moves and fadeaways and scores 50. And I don't really care about anything else. I shouldn't. He doesn't owe us anything. But you know me. I'm a stickler about people showing up for work. The best ability is availability. And if you ain't ever showing up and you're not very punctual about how you go about not showing up, especially because apparently he started skipping games and didn't even tell Steve Nash. And then all those he now, early in the season. He, t- he did text his teammates now. He did okay, talk. He did. Okay, then. So when you don't go to work, do you text your coworkers or do you text your boss? 
I text I text my boss. Wow. Okay then. So, so so to me then, if you're not telling me as a coach that you're not showing up for work, you my starting point guard. I'm expecting you to be right there, ready to go, and you're not there, and I'm the only one who didn't know. Now I'm thinking, okay, okay. So do you respect my authority? Because he already said earlier in the offseason that you didn't need a coach. So you already started. Now, he, he did he did retract that statement now. He did retract that statement. He said, know? okay, He's, at, the the, at the end of the day, let, let's be real. Social media era, people will retract statements when they don't go well. They don't retract them because they changed their mind. They retract them because they didn't go well. He but said you, it, but, and he changed now, his mind because he got some bad publicity on it. Let's be real. Now I ain't. We 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 not going to sit here and just act like because you you made you made a point saying that because we live in an era because when you say things on social media when it doesn't go well and we take it back. Also, don't forget that like you know sometimes we say things that we probably don't we don't fully flesh out the ideas like Kanye West for example. People, mm-hmm. I, I'm a supporter of Kanye just like I am a supporter of Kyrie. I guess that tells you a little bit about me and myself. You know. Yeah. A guy like him, he doesn't really fully flesh out his ideas. But yeah, everybody on social media going crazy. Oh, he's saying this, he's saying that, but really he ain't really talking too okay, crazy. Then, but, see, but here's the thing, though. On that on that tip you just said right there, when we don't flesh out ideas logically, what are we doing? We're expressing our emotions. And our emotions are less calculated and more so how you truly feel inside without any consideration for the social context of it. And when you speak emotionally, that is what you truly feel in your heart of hearts with no regard for how it will play out. He said that emotionally. He thought about it logically and he tried to pull it back rationally. I look at that and say, okay, that's how you feel, but you also recognize you're not supposed to be saying that. You tried to pull it back. With that in mind, I have no problem with that. You can feel that way. I just feel like you got to be punctual. Like there, there's a way to go about these kind of things. And you got to go through the due diligence and the due process like everybody else. That's all I'm saying. With that in mind, he, if you want to miss some games for personal reasons, he want to hang out with his family, he want to kick back and, and chill on New Year's, do that, Kyrie. Just do it the right way. That's it. Don't ask for a lot. Now, we're we, we not going to assume that was the reason why he, you know, he took off because he just want to kick back with family. We don't know what's going on in his life personally. And I don't, I don't want to make that assumption. I will not. Right. Um, but, I mean, to me, I don't think it's too much of a big deal either. You know, like I said earlier, I'm a, I'm a supporter of Kyrie, and I don't like how most of the media treats him and kind of puts a target on him. Even though, you know, he may say some things or do something that might rub the media the wrong way, I feel like the media does maybe a little bit too much about just harping on him and trying to, you know, make him seem worse than what he really is and kind of put this narrative around him that now – there is this whole, as we see now, like there's this whole narrative around Kyrie kind of being like this weird, like non-compliant, uh, you know, type of guy. And I don't really like that being associated with a guy, you know, who who you already said is very talented on the basketball court. And you, nobody, nobody disrespected him for that. Yeah. Now, the moment we get to that, it, yeah. it, it's over. It's over. Cause nah, you know, we're not really but that man is a wizard with the basketball. He a, a true wizard with the basketball. Houdini with the no ma- no matter what people you can't, and no matter what people have been saying about him and like his little antics as people want to call it, you know, he still produces on the court. Um, so for him to, you know, be gone for uh, now going on, I guess is what week two, I'm assuming. Um, because he is out this week again. I don't think it's too much of a big deal because it's still early on in the season, you know, even though they're off to, you know, below five hundred record. Um, granted, if they get this win or not tonight against the Nuggets. I think this, you know, that's not that big of a deal. I think as we go on throughout the season, though, however, you know, seeing if this will be a trend, then we'll see if that becomes the problem. Because right now, you know, things happen in people's lives that we don't know and we don't need to, you know, now everybody wants to talk about it. So it's okay for this moment. But it's just a matter of the uh, the consistency that this type of stuff happens throughout the season and how it affects them. Because like I said, remember, then when he's out, for majority of the season, we don't know when he's going to come back. You know, he's, you know, prepping that he's hopefully come back in the end of the season, you know, given that he already had his injury before in college. Not to say that his knee was was good enough and he looks younger than what he's supposed to be at the age of 27, I think that's how old he is. So we don't know how, how long then he's going to be out. But if Irvin, you know, continues to do this, to do this, then it becomes a problem. But right now, not that big of a deal. Um, Going on COVID protocols, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the NBA has issue and came out with uh, new changes to the protocols they have in the league. Um, you know, following teams like the, uh, who was it, the Celtics, 
and he and Celtics and he having the game postponed on Sunday following you know some plays on the Celtics testing positive for COVID nineteen. Uh, Jason Tatum included. Uh, that game got canceled. Yesterday's game between the Pelicans and the Mavericks game got canceled. Uh, and the game today between the Bulls and the Celtics game got canceled due to contact tracing. Um, the new rules, uh, I can tell you some of the things that they added into uh, the new protocol includes uh, outlawing hugging and other physical interaction between opposing players before and after games, as well as reducing social interaction during games, including tapping hands after free throws. Um, the NBA is planning on to enforcing uh, for coaches and players on the bench to wear masks more strictly. You know, we get those shots during the games where we see the players, you know, having the mask pulled down, just a little bit or to pull it right back up. So expect to see more, uh, enforcement from the NBA of like actually making sure these guys have their mask on fully the whole entire time because of this. Um, what else do we have? Here? That's just some of the things that we that they have here going on. Um, what do you think about this, George? Is the league in danger following, you know, some of these teams having these COVID um, scares. I know the Mavericks is out with four players. Uh, they didn't get to play the game, like I said, against the Pelicans. You know, is the league in danger? Will these protocols help keep the games and keep the season alive? Or is it doomed? I think it's on a ticking time bomb before they realize this is just an unsustainable model. For one, really? let's just be real. Uh, let's just be real about it for a second. How likely is it to be able to – you think James Harden not leaving the crib for anything except team-related activity? I don't think so. And so I mean, he's James Harden is a high-profile baller in the club. So I think it's, it's easy to say Ain't that. Got his jersey there's, a James, there's, a, there's a lot of James Hardens in the league. I know there's a lot of guys in Miami South Beach. Money to throw, and they're pretty young, and nobody blames them for any of that. I just feel like putting this rule in there will be – a, really hard to enforce. B, I'm also going to be honest. I'm not really happy with the product I'm getting right now. I feel like I'm not watching NBA basketball. I'm watching, like, rec players playing on some, like, recreational league for people who didn't make their JV basketball team. And not because the player's talent isn't there. It's just because of the atmosphere. Like, you ever been to a rec game where it's, like, only the parents and the family who come, and it's just, like, no, no. Always no real momentum shift from a real crowd audience. You know, you have a game like when Boston was playing, I believe it was, um, who was it? It was Portland, I think. I like about when Pritchard hit that game winning shot. Yeah, and it's just like there was this crazy run. There's this momentum shift. And it, it, played the heat. it didn't feel it like played the heat. Yeah, yeah, the heat. And it just didn't, it didn't feel like it. It just didn't feel like it. It just felt like I'm watching guys play pickup basketball. And honestly, the bubble – it felt more okay because I think the players were all super engaged. They felt like they were playing for something. They were in the playoffs. Um, they the, the atmosphere of the place was so much more tighter. It wasn't a stadium. It didn't feel as empty. And when I watch these games, I just can't stop thinking about the actual things in mind. I feel like these rules are really hard to enforce. I don't know the exact ratings, but I bet you if we really dove into them, that they're probably not doing very good right now. And I just think the product is not as good. And it's not their fault, but it's just COVID-19. It's just a pandemic. What can you do? So for me, I think that it's probably inevitable for this to kind of just falter a little bit and maybe they'll postpone the season until COVID vaccinations are widespread enough that they could have fans come back in, at least in some level of attendance. You know, it could be like almost like a passport kind of a thing where if you have, if you have, been vaccinated you can come and they can start filling in arenas again and bring back this experience obviously all the players can get vaccinated and maybe then it'll go back to normal and we could have a real season but right now i think the season's on track to get canceled and i'm not really gonna miss it the way it is right now outside of just being a basketball fan who likes to see basketball so i'm on the other side of the fence of where you stand um I don't think the league. I don't think the league is gonna get canceled from this. Um, I think last month I think they got about at least thirty-four players right now that kind of tested positive for COVID. Um, a lot of that you gotta think about is due to like you know traveling because you know you can have these players quarantine. You know you have them locked up in a hotel. But once you you know they move around and go outside, you know get on a plane or whatnot. And uh, granted, you know they're mostly taking team planes and stuff. Um, 
like you said, how can they really regulate the uh, restrictions that these guys have and, you know, really monitor everything that these guys are doing. Another thing that I saw in this new protocol, um, I was hearing them talk about on the jump uh, about how even on road trip or even at home games, I should say, the players only allowed to go to practice, um, only only allowed to go home. In the bubble. You think people are going to stay home in the million dollar mansions in Miami and Los Angeles in Orlando and just say, oh, you know what? I'm going to kick at the crib with no quarantine. Everybody else is having a good time outside. Maybe during quarantine, that's easy because everybody's at home. But when you're the only person that's got to be at home, uh, I, I don't know. But I don't even think, I don't even think necessarily the problem is them leaving their home. I think it's like we see with this carrier situation. I think it's a problem is if they're not, you know, practicing the guidelines, like wearing that mask and stuff. We know what we saw with James Harden earlier this year when he got in trouble for being at that party. It was because he didn't have his mask. What we saw, we see Kyrie Irving right now, it's because he didn't have his mask. So I think that's, you know, just kind of being protective over, like, and over yourself, and you know, protecting, um, you know, yourself from others by wearing that mask. I think that's what the league is just trying to harp on more so than others. Because I think, you know, they, they don't they don't care if you're in a gathering as long as not over 15 people. You know, usually before it was 10 people, so now we got at least got 15 people. So I think they just care about just the protection of that. Um, as far as like the league getting canceled, I don't think it's gonna happen because we've seen this in other leagues um, where the type of stuff happened in NFL. They're about to finish up their season now. They're in the playoffs right now. Uh, MLB, they was able to get through. They had a couple games like that where they kind of had some scares, where they had to postpone some games and was able to get back into the season and actually finish it out. Um, and these were and these were leagues, you know, where we talk about the NBA when it was in a bubble at first, you know, going from the summer to October. These leagues were actually traveling around the team to team. So I think, you know. This is probably like one of the only few monsters we have. Cause I think before this, we only had the Houston one uh, early on in the season where the first game got canceled or postponed, I should say, against the Thunder. Um, going forward, I don't think this is going to be something we're going to see too much of. I don't think the league is in that much of a danger. Um, it is interesting to see how they will regulate these things and how these players will have to be more constricted with what they do in their free time and where they'll be able to go. But in terms of like just the league shutting down, I don't think it's going to happen. Because y'all don't keep in mind, too, we don't even have the full schedule of the entire season right now. We only have, like, at least the first, what, half of the season? All-Star break. Up to All-Star break. Yeah. Up to All-Star break up in March. And we don't even know when the season is supposed to end. So, you know, barring that nothing else crazy happens. And these players need to make sure that if they do go out, that whoever they with need to put their damn phones away. Because that's all it ever comes from. You had it with Jack exposing Lou Will at Magic City in the bubble. You got it with James Harden, with whoever he was with. You know, they was courting him. And, you know, Blue Baby was courting him when he was giving them the honey bun and the honey bun. And you got Kyrie Irving's family, you know, courting him now. It's like, do does, does these players' family not know what's going on? They're not supposed to be in these environments in the first place? Like, come on, folks. Come on. Y'all, y'all gotta do better. Y'all gotta protect these players better, man. Like they, 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 y'all think they play a part in this too. There are, there are no secrets in the social media era. There are no secrets. It all comes none, uh, none. People can't put their phone down for nothing. Like golly, I think that's that's the problem, really. But you know, just besides that, you know, this these players, like I said. It's more so about just wearing that mask. I, th- I feel like in these instances with James Harden and Kyrie Irving, I think it's with them just not wearing that mask in these public places that we've seen them with. I think if they did, it won't think it'd be that big of a deal. Um, but this, I don't think it's gonna really hurt the league too much. Um, but let's go to a, let's talk about a team that's actually hurting right now, the Wizards. You know, when many had pegged him to be the best backcourt in the entire league with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. I mean, we. Who, who else is better as a backcourt? Who else is better? Uh, personally, I take John Wall and James Harden. Personally, right now, I mean, look, John's playing good basketball. James Harden better than both of them. I mean, I. But is John Wall better than both of them? Huh? Is John Wall better than any of them? I know James Harden. I know James Harden is better than b- both Russ and Brad. But yeah, I think about it. On the level that both those players are, who else is better? You know, I'm not that big of a Russ fan. Like Russell put up big numbers, but he just not. He's not. Now you're not. No, no. Hold on. Now you going back to like what you it. said because no, you be- no, 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 no. Let's qualify. I said here you go. Russ, here you Russ go. Looks- aggressive attitude and his just straight up. I'm gonna kill you mentality. I respect that. What I do not like. It's his actual play style. He cannot shoot. 
He thinks he can shoot. He's been better about that this year. But he's inefficient. Doesn't make good decisions. He hasn't really been I'll, – I'll give him this. He hasn't really been stat chasing. From what I've seen, it doesn't like he's stat chasing as much. But they're not winning games. Besides the first so couple I mean, of games, yeah. I mean, they're not they're – not, yeah, oh, yeah. But they're not really winning games. So, yeah. I mean, he ain't, he ain't show me nothing. At the end of the day, I, I reward winning over statistics. That's why Steph Curry is better than Russell Westbrook. We were just going off of, off of numbers. But, but we, we, hard, we never go on this whole tangent. Answer the question. Are they or are they not the best backcourt in the league? Talent-wise. I know you want to talk about, you know, we output and this and that. Talent-wise, who's better? I'll hear the argument they're the best. I'll hear the argument. I'll hear it. All right. So we have the best backcourt in the league, arguably, according to Mr. Bucket Patrol over here. But they're coming in at a three and eight record. Um, Russ is out for the week. He had a, a, a leg injury he got going on. But Bradley Bill has been playing very good lately. You know, he had a 60 point game against Philly, which they lost. You know, he had 57. I think he had, yeah, I think he had 57 going, or 54 going into the uh, fourth, 54, 57, one of the two. And he didn't really score that much in the, in the fourth quarter. Um, he had 41 points in a loss against Philly, uh, not Philly, against Boston. And, you know, as I said earlier with uh, Tatum had uh, uh, COVID. So they had to sit out Bradley Bill for the next game, 48 hours, and make sure he didn't have any. He went through all the tests, came out negative, and he played against the Suns last night, and he had 34 points. Uh, Scott Brooks, who was the coach of that team, is in that hot seat. You know, he's the head coach. Um, he, you know, we know him. He's a former coach in Oklahoma City Thunder. He's been in Washington for, I think, the past couple of years, about two, three years now. Um, we had him when he was in Oklahoma City. He led the team to the championship in 2012 with Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and James Harden, the big three that we never saw again after that championship run. Um, what is going on with this team? You know, I know me and you kind of talked before the show kind of started. We, you know, we watched the game, but we haven't really been able to watch it too much, but it's based on. Signed to a new deal this past off season. Thomas Bryan has been out. Who's their interior defender. They got, um, who else did they have? Rui Hachimara. What, like, what do you think is going on with this team? What could possibly be the problem of what's going on with Washington? Well, I just don't think Scott Brooks is a good coach. He's never really shown me anything about being a good coach. He said he led the Thunder to the 2012 NBA Finals. I think Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Kevin Durant led the Thunder to the 2012 <laughs> NBA Finals. And Scott Brooks just happened to be sitting in the head coach seat when he but he's been he's he's been a good coach. Like even after that, he led him to multiple Western Conference appearances, and you know yeah, through those seasons where Kevin Durant yeah. and Russell Westbrook were getting hurt, you know when one of them was out without the other, you know he kept them competitive, and they made it to the playoffs even without you know even if Kevin Durant was there or Russell Westbrook was there. So he's not that bad of a coach. I'm not, I'm not saying he's the worst coach in the world. He's not Jim Boylan or anything like that. But I watch his offense, and it's pretty much <laughs> Russell. All right, we're gonna let you penetrate. Okay, you got something? All right, Bradley Bill, do your thing. Or Bradley Bill, ISO. And then everybody else kind of just sets screens, runs around a little bit, and if they get open, they get open. Their defense is absolutely horrible. I don't know the specific stats, but if I had to guess right now who's in the bottom third, maybe even the bottom 10% of teams, in that bottom three of defensive defensive rating, I bet you the Wizards are probably in there. It just doesn't look good. Westbrook, that's the thing about Westbrook. That's another thing I don't like about him is like he – he picks and chooses when he wants to play hard sometimes. Like, I will say on offense, that man does whatever it takes. But on D, I've never seen some laissez-faire matador defense sometimes. Because this man could really get with any guard. And he's just like, oh, well, he got past me. I'll get the rebound. Like, and Bradley Bill, I mean, he's never really been a defender. Uh, the rest of those guys, at the end of the day, I really put it on the stars. You know, you're the star, especially because the – Best backcourt in the NBA, which I've been told by, <laughs> you know, do I agree? Not particularly, but I've heard it from other people, so I hold them to that standard. And I mean, they're putting up good numbers. If you're in the numbers, congratulations, you got all over them. If you're an actuary, you're having a great time. Numbers everywhere. But the only number I'm not seeing are dubs. And at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. So eh, I'm not that big of a fan. I say, Free Bradley Bill, trade that man. Send, you know, send him to LA. We'll give you Kuzma straight up. 
Of course, of course. Get that man a ring. He earned it. He's leading. He, that man's averaging thirty-five points a game right now, and he got. <laughs> come on, come on. That that's just not fair. Come on, that's just not fair. Straight up for Kyle Really, you just suggested that trade? Really? We'll, we'll throw in Taylor and Horton Tucker if you want to be greedy. Shut the hell up. Anyways, you know, as I'm looking at this team, you know, while you talk, I kind of looked at their roster. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. Looking at it, you know, it's not really when we look at like other competitive teams in the league, it's not really that deep or like really that threatening of like of a team that we should be really be afraid of or worried about. You know, it might be because I don't know. It's better. It's a better roster than three and eight for one. You have the best backcourt in the NBA. So that look at it, but look who they have around. Look who they have around them, though. I just named after that. I mean, you got Denny Avia, who's a new guy they got, who's supposed to be like this playmaker forward that they got. Um, you got Bert, Bert Thomas, who they just signed to that big deal. You got a stretch big right there. Thomas Bryant, who's supposed to be your man down low, supposed to, you know, be the interior defender. Y'all Robin Lopez, you signed him this offseason. Rudy Hachamari, you drafted him two years ago. Other than that, I mean, you got, you know, Troy Brown Jr., Isaac Bonga, Anthony Gill, Raul Nato, who used to play for the Jazz, uh, Garrison Matthews, Jerome Robinson, Cassius Winston from Michigan State, Mo Wagner, a former Laker. You know, like, you know, like Ish Smith, who used to be one of the fastest guys in the league, still one of the fastest guys, I would probably say. Like, other than that, like, I mean, these guys ain't really moving the needle like that. You know, yes, granted, the Wizards have, you know, I say the best back It's good enough of a roster to at least be the eighth seed. I mean, I'm looking really? at Really? You think so? I mean, I'm looking the at that seed, roster. Man. You think that roster is worse than the Magic? Yeah. You think that roster is worse yes. than the Hornets? Than the Hornets? Yeah. I think the Hornets maybe have better pieces. Like outside outside of the all stars, dude. The, you just you got Mello and Bradley Bill are better. I promise you, Russell Westbrook and Bradley. Okay, okay, but listen, better than but I'm, I'm talking about supporting cast. Look, look at the supporting cast outside of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill. You gotta think about the supporting cast. You telling me right now? I'm about to look. We gonna look at Orlando right now. So you, t- <laughs> who is Orlando's best player right now? Markel Fultz is hurt. He's hurt. Yeah, he Jonathan Isaac's yeah. hurt. So they're missing he two of her. Primary guys, and, and they still good, and they still good, and they still good. But you're telling me right now the Wizards are worse than that team. That that's what you want me to believe. Right now on live TV. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you back. My bad. I, I had so many hot takes. I think I burned down my um, Wi-Fi connection for a second. <laughs> but regardless, I got Nikola Vucevic, who's very underrated, like probably the most underrated player in the league. No cap. Because nobody talks about this man. This man consistently putting up 20 and 12 for like four assists, 10 and three. He gets no love at all. It's actually disgusting. He's an all-star now. I mean, he's getting something. I mean, but no, he's an all-star, but he's one of the guys who, like, literally, if you were if you were told to list the 24 all-stars, he would be the one you pick last. Like, this man, he gets less credit than Chris Middleton. <laughs> well, I mean, Boosmith is always the guy that I always knew about because I know that the Magic was at first was, was talking about getting rid of him, especially before they drafted Mo Bamba. But every year, like you say, he's proven to be a 20-12 and 12 type of guy every year. And he keeps getting – I mean, he gets better, too. It's not like he's getting worse. Like, he gets better. He's probably putting up 22, 22-11 and forward. 22-11-5. And he, he stretched his game out the way he's overshooting threes consistently now, too. Sorry. Right, but still, but regardless, that team is not better than, than Washington. I'm sorry. You got to go through the rest of the players. Aaron Gordon, Terrence Ross, who's a six-man of the year okay. candidate right now. Okay. Then who else we got? Go ahead. We gonna talk I about Michael, I, Michael Carter-Williams, 2012 Rookie of the Year, Michael Carter-Williams. Go ahead. Keep talking. Who well, James Ennis, Evan Fournier. Okay, Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier is all right. James Ennis, he's, he's all right, too. Cole Anthony. Okay, he's been all right. Cole Anthony, he's playing good, too. Okay, but which one of them guys is better than Bradley Beal? I said outside of Brad Beal and Russell Westbrook, bro. I'm talking about supporting well, you guys. Got, well, you got a great, okay, so look at the Lakers last year. Look at the Lakers last year. That's what you told me. Oh, that's a ragtag group of misfits. Uh, it's LeBron AD. That's oh. LeBron James. LeBron James done pulled 
worse of teams through the okay. damn playoffs. That 2018 Cavs team, when he done traded everybody else in the half point of the season, that team that he done dragged to the finals. You Come on, bro. Westbrook was a top ten player. You told me that Bradley Beal. Look here, uh, George. Let's not let's not let's not let's not play this game. You know the difference between these players. You know a guy like LeBron James can drag a team to the playoffs versus a guy like Russ Westbrook. And let's let's not even just shave Russ Westbrook because Russell Westbrook was on a team by himself on Oklahoma City Thunder. He led that team to the playoffs when he was the only guy on that team. I mean, you can say Victor Depot, Stephen Adams, and all that, but it was really Russell Westbrook to the MVP season. He dragged him to the playoffs. Now he lost the first round. In a weaker conference. He's younger. He's younger. I mean, he's older. He's older. My fault. He's older. Dang. He's older now. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't even put it all on him. I'm not even putting it all on we him. Can't. We, we can't put it all I'm on disappointed. him. I'm disappointed. Trey Bradley Bill, blow it up. Blow it so, up? No. Blow it no. up. Blow it up. No. They're not doing nothing. They're not doing nothing. Their best, their heyday was in 2016 when they went to the semifinals and went seven with Boston. It's been downhill since. They might as well just blow it up. Get Bradley Beal out of there. Stop wasting his prime. Send him to a contender. Let him get a ring. Make his 36 points a game actually mean something versus empty stats and empty calories. That boy's like frosted flakes right now with chocolate milk. A whole bunch of empty calories. <laughs> what? <laughs> what type of cereal? What type of milk you use with your cereal, bro? What? Trying to make with frosted flakes? That sounds disgusting. Exactly. It's all sugary, nasty, and empty calories. Go ahead and let that man be part of a nutritious meal. Let him be. Let him be the strawberries and the pineapple to the Lakers five course meal. Let him be nutritious. Eat up. So you don't think you you don't think it's anything to do with the coaching staff or the way that the team is ran. <laughs> I led the segment by saying fire Scott Brooks. And you argue with me. I'm I mean, you make it sound like he was the worst coach. I'm just saying he's that not a good coach. I I mean who okay, so you fire Scott Brooks, who else do you give him? Man, somebody needs to give uh Kenny Atkinson a job. Throw that man in. He that. just have one. Kenny Atkinson, you think that's the guy for them? I love Kenny Atkinson. He got fired from Brooklyn prematurely. In my opinion, he needs a job. Oh no! I, I mean, with with D'Lo and them, that them boys overachieved for sure. They did. For they did. They did. They did overachieve. I did overachieve. And he's they got great developing players. And you said you got a whole bunch of bones. So let's raise the floor on them guys. Okay, so if you were looking at him like that, I think he needs to go to New Orleans because I talked to you before. I don't think Stan Van Gunny is the coach for him. Oh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think so. I, I'm not really a fan of what New Orleans got going on right now either. I just think that they they great defensively. That's about it. They're doing great defensively, but like on offense, Lonzo and Bless on the backcourt. Mm. They don't put together. Speaking of which, since we're talking about them, I know we want to talk about them Lakers. So let's go ahead since we pivot to them Laker castaways. Let's go ahead and talk about them. What about them? What do you want to talk about? Like, what is there to talk about? I mean, we can talk about King James, MVP race leader, front runner, year 18. It's early, so we really gonna talk about MVP race front runners this and that early on in the season. Talk about fine. Let's not even talk about that. Let's talk about you know standings. Who's the number one team in the league right now? You've been looking at the numbers. Who's on there? I mean, I guess it is the Lakers. Uh, I mean, yeah, you right. LeBron is LeBron is leading the MVP ladder right now. He is. You're 18. Averaging 24 points. What is it? Eight rebounds and seven assists. Eight mm, eight of them. Mm, Yeah, seven of them. And you got, you know, he's voted in an anonymous poll by Lee Zex as the current front runner for the award. Well, you know, Lucas right behind him. King James, they voted for him. That's crazy. Who else on there? You got Luca number two. You got Paul George number three on that ladder. Joel Embiid number four, and Steph Curry number five. Mm, yeah, Luca is kind of odds-on favorite to win MVP coming into the season. I don't see Giannis on that board. Um, They're not voting for Giannis again. Giannis had to do something historic for him to get voted three times in a row. They didn't see him basically just give up in the playoffs too many times. Even though it shouldn't count, it does. It definitely does. I, I mean, with Giannis, like you you are right, he needs to do more in this regular season. I mean, I, I don't think he needs to do more in the regular season because the regular season he's proven to be dominant. The Bucs has had the best record in the league two years in a row. So I think with him, I think he's need to elevate his game more. We've seen his free throw percentage gone down. Even more this year. He's been terrible in the fourth quarters. Terrible in the fourth quarter. You know, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, 
Last season, we saw Giannis, you know, hit more threes um, consistently. I remember that game playing against the Lakers. He had what? Five of them. He had five, five of them against y'all. But this yep. year, I ain't got the numbers pulled up, but his game is not really expanded that much from what I've been seeing him, you know, from what I've been, you know, watching the highlights and just watching him all together. His, his three-point game has not that much improved. So I don't know what it is. I feel like with Giannis, though, while we're talking on him real quick, to me, it has to be – it's some type of – I feel like maybe it's a mentality thing with him. I don't know. I could be wrong because he has he has gotten better throughout the years, obviously, significantly better than what anybody ever thought when the team even drafted Giannis on the couple. We didn't even know who he was. For him to be a two-time MVP now, MVP and defensive player of the year, the first since Michael Jordan, you know, he's gotten significantly better. But for him to, you know, to be kind of in this gridlock of where he is in his career – Granted, he is still young. That's another thing. We got he is still young. He's what 24, 25? He is still young. So let's not act like he needs to have it all together. Because not too many champions we've seen at his age, anyways. When you really think about it, it's not too many champions that are the star of that team at his age. So we kind of gotta cut him some slack on that front. But for him though. Where I said, where I think it's a mentality thing, because there's no way you should be this total package of a player. You know, you've gotten better, you've gotten stronger. We have seen your progression. You are a leader of the team. The team has, you know, built around you. You are the kind of the pro- We saw in the playoffs, as you pointed out, against the Raptors uh, two seasons ago. And last season, we saw his demise against the Celtics. Or the Heat, my fault. Against Miami. You know, against these teams that play very good against you in the playoffs who kind of recognize your game. You got to think at this point, like, okay, what do I need to do to my game to elevate it, to get past these teams? And I think for him, you know, like I said, he has all the makings of it. It just It just... Somehow, somewhat, he just gets shut down. And that's why I think it's some type of mentality thing because it just makes no sense. He has the skills there. His three-point shot has gotten somewhat better, but it's not like Curry or something where he just pull up 30 and just pull up like, like that. But He's never, he's never going to be that, though. He he's be never going to be that. He just needs See, to be what Giannis is missing to me is the ability to be – he. what he's missing right now is that dynamicism in his game where he could pull up from any point in the court – from any position. Because right now, Giannis can only do one of two things. He can either pull up, he, he can either shoot a standstill three off the catch, or he can go all the way to the basket, shoot a layup, or dunk. The thing is about his game is that as soon as you see him take a dribble inside, you know he has to go inside, which means he can build the wall. If he catches, okay, at the catch, he's, he's dangerous because he can hit you with a triple threat. He could jab, go by you. He, he could rip through. He could just straight up rise up and shoot the three pump fade, get you in the air, blow by you. So he's dangerous in a triple threat, but as soon as he puts the ball down, he's so predictable. And any team with a strong front line with a mix of a good perimeter defender to keep him at bay and make sure he doesn't get a good head of steam, basically deters him. That's what happened with the time when he was playing with the Heat, Jay Crowder and Jimmy Butler with Bam waiting down low. Bobby. Same way with Toronto the year before. Yeah, and then same thing with Kawhi and Marcus Saul and Serge Ibaka waiting for him last two years ago with Toronto. And until he gets that mid-range, because once he gets that mid-range pull-up, like just let him get an elbow jumper. He don't need to be, he don't need to be Kawhi. He don't need to be Kobe. He don't need to be Michael Jordan. But let him be, let him even be Westbrook level of the mid-range pull-up, where he literally can just hit like 35 to 40 percent of them off the dribble enough that you can't completely sag off when he's making that drive and play him for the paint if he can do that I think he would open his game up so much more I don't know if he can do that I mean I'm sure he could if he put the time into it uh will he mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm a fan of Giannis he's only 23 24 he's a young buck I don't think LeBron won his first ring to what 26 Jordan won his till he was like yeah 27 and Michael Jordan didn't win his until like 28 something like that so I don't think it's a big rush. He's going to have time. He'll figure it out. He's a world-class talent. Nice guy. Uh, I'm rooting for him. But I'm also saying Lakers are five against whoever comes out the East. So not his not his year. Wait for LeBron to retire. So what about, you know, let's transition because, you know, a lot of people, I ain't going to say I was one of them. 
but some people, you know, predicted him to kind of go to Dallas. And we saw when he signed a contract extension, that kind of flew out the window. But let's transition to Dallas, you know, with Luka, another guy with an MVP race right now, uh, who, like I said, many favored him to beat MVP coming into this season. Uh, he got off to a bad start beginning of the season. Uh, got off to a bad start. Three-point shooting was down the drain. Um, a lot of people was thinking, like, can, can Luka even handle this pressure? Which I don't doubt. Because, the like, it, we, we're not going to sit and act like he hasn't been playing consistently good these past two seasons before. So, I don't think it's that defense is keying in on him is really the problem. You know, I I don't want to I'm, – I'm trying to be one of those, like, analysts – or I ain't going to call myself analysts. This is one of those people that talk about the game. I'm not going to be one of those people that just harp everything on just these early season, you know – struggles from these players or teams because like these type of stuff happens all the time in the beginning of NBA seasons. Some players go on slumps and you know they end up or a team they'll go on slumps and they'll end up having the best like season. We've seen it with the last dance that the 97-98 Bulls. We've seen that happen with them. Your Lakers went through a slump like this. Uh I think was it that lockout season when uh or two thousand one? Yeah you're talking about um with which, with which Lakers? You talking about? Um, I think it was two thousand one when they started off bad, then they just went on to a tour and, and like towards the second half of the season, they yeah, went damn near. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was uh, two thousand. I think it was two thousand. Potentially, I'm not hundred percent sure. I think it was. It was one of those years. But th- these type of things happen to teams. So with him, you know, now we've seen him doing better. These last three team wins, you know, granted they didn't play on Monday because of the COVID protocols, but he's been averaging over 30 points, um, triple, I think close to a triple-double, if not triple-double these last three games, but coming out to average 28 points, nine rebounds, eight assists throughout the season. You know, I'm not too worried about his struggles. And Kristaps Porzingis is coming back too. You know, he's he was back in practice doing full contact practice, I think about two, three weeks ago. And, you know, he was ruled to play in the game on uh, Monday. I don't, I mean, granted, you know, like I said, yeah, they had four players out. So I don't know if it was because of that, but, you know, they've been ruling him to come back very soon. And I think once he come back with the addition of like Josh Richardson, who they have on that team, mm-hmm. I think it's going to get better for Luka and that team. Or will they get better once Kristaps come back? Uh, specifically, Luca on the Dallas Maver- on Dallas Mavericks. Well, I think when KP comes back, I think that's going to alleviate a lot of problem problems. At the end of the day, he's been playing as this solo star for pretty much the whole season, and then part of the playoffs when he was destroying the Clippers. Who, by the way, side tangent. I'm gonna be quick. Can we stop calling Kawhi and PG the best backcourt defenders? or wing defenders, whatever y'all want to call them defenders, because it seems like every time somebody plays them, they get chewed every single time. And I, I, I've had enough of it. Because, I mean, what, Steph put 40 on the other night? Like, come on, come on. We, we, we got to stop doing it. Pat Bev, he's a dog? Nah. I don't see none of that black Air Force energy that I was hearing from all these people. I'm going to leave that there. I'm going to sit that on the podium or a chair, table, whatever you want that to be, place it and let you deal with that later. But uh, Luca. I think when Christoph Porzingis comes back, it's going to open a lot of stuff for him. Uh, they always got – I think they're just one piece away, really. And Porzingis might be that piece when he gets back. He's healthy, and he hopefully can stay healthy. That's the big if. Like, he can come back. Will he stay back? Again, best ability is availability. As great as he is, you can't be 7-2 on the bench and make an impact. So, will he stay? Hopefully he will. If he does, I think the Mavericks are going to get back on track. I mean, obviously, when I say – Luca's getting off to a slow start. I mean, Luca's slow starts is pretty much like twenty nine nine and nine with just being. Anyway, as we see, he's already he's second in MVP uh, race right now oh, with oh, this yeah. slow start. Oh yeah, and so I think once KP gets back, his efficiency will be better, and that's really the only knock his efficiency. I mean, the Mavs haven't won as many games as you would have liked to see, but still, this is just a weird season. They're five and five. They've had some good wins. Wins. I mean, they honestly just destroyed the Clippers, you know, a while back. Um, they've had some quality wins in there. I mean, they lost to the Lakers twice. So, I mean, it's not too big of a loss for them. That's a good team. So, gotta gotta keep that in mind. I think he'll be fine. So, who you? So, do you have LeBron James? As we wrap up this conversation, uh, do you have LeBron James win MVP in the end of the season? With the current forecast, as we see, as we just talked about with Giannis, Luka, and LeBron, everything's going around the league. Do you have LeBron James winning the MVP this season? I'm going to put my money, as of now, 
on Luca. If I had to, if I had to put all my money on one person, just because he's young, he's an upstart, he's got narrative. You know, you got to have narrative behind you for winning. And obviously, LeBron's got LeBron factor and the year eighteen factor. But I think the NBA is ready to start crowning a new player to take over the mantle. They thought it was going to be honest. I think these two flameouts in the playoffs have really made them a little bit more, you know, cautious about making him the spotlight of the future of the NBA. And you can see that even with Christmas day, you know, who did the Lakers play on Christmas day, Luca and the Mavs. So that I think they know, okay, Luca's prime time. He's young. He's global. He's damn good. Just go ahead and make him the face. And I think they're going to want to pick him if they can. So, I'm leaning on Luca. I kind of go with the same thing. Um, at first, I was thinking LeBron James, maybe, but I think last season, I ain't gonna say last season was probably his last chance of getting it because there ain't no telling. Like, <laughs> this, this man LeBron been over so long now, according yeah. to this, according to what everybody's been saying. In reality, he's really not that old in terms of just life in general, but compared NBA to lifestyle, NBA like, lifestyle, he's old and this is the 18th year. Like he just he somehow just keeps evolving. Just I think he gets better. You know he's not as athletic as you know we saw him in Miami. You know he's not as you know quick as he was during that time as as much of a defender. But he's become more wiser. Um, but I think if he has to be, win MVP this season, his numbers have to be better. You know he obviously has to be the primary scorer on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his numbers went down this year. Uh, it's not 10 as it was last season. We Right now he's sitting at seven. But, you know, as season go on, that's uh, yet to remain to be seen if he uh, improves his total. But I think if he wants to win ADP, he has to have – he has to be the primary scorer in that team. And he has to either improve his he, rebound. His rebound isn't always consistent around eight rebounds. So it has to be assists. He has to improve the assist numbers right there. But so that's why I'm going to have to go with Luka. I think I'm with you on Luka. Um Right now, like I said, with these past few games, we've seen him starting to improve. And Kristaps obviously will help alleviate some of the things that he's going through uh, by himself with our defense is keying on him. Um, and like I said, having the addition of Josh Richardson on that team with Tim Hardaway Jr. already there, Dwayne Finney-Smith. Um, Dwight Powell, when he comes back from his, injury, from his injury that he suffered last season, I think, you know, once you have all these players back together, I think Luka is probably a can or a sure end for, uh, for MVP. Um, other than that, I don't know. I don't, I don't know any other uh, players that we can see. You know, Paul George, he has a good story going on with him right now, you know, trying to prove everybody wrong and people, and players come after him. Uh, now, he, if he stays consistent, he can do it, though. We, I'm not going to say that like he can't be consistent because he can be. You know, last season he had World Coleman City Thunder. He was third MVP race that year. So I'm not I won't be too surprised if, he, if he's in a third or second MVP race this year. I ain't voting for Paul George. I'm going to leave it like that. I know you ain't. I know you ain't. I know you ain't. I ain't voting for Paul I'm sorry. He, he's been playing good, but at the end of the day, I'm not really going to be putting any of my stock in the Pandemic P LLC. I haven't seen it go under too many times under pressure. Okay. So, you know, on the, you know, let's wrap this up. You know, let's um, talk about some big surprises we've seen right now early on in the season. Um, who has surprised you so far? Who or, or what has surprised you so far that we've seen from the, the league? I feel like we've touched on a couple of them. So the ones we've already talked on, I'll get those out the way. I'll get them out quick. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets are actually good. I don't know how much of that is the fact they're actually good or it's the strength of their schedule. Uh, I don't know exactly who they've been beating in every area of that, but they're 6-5. They're the sixth seed right now in the East. Obviously, it's early. It doesn't matter. I mean, the Cavs were undefeated you know, 4-0 early in the year, and obviously they're crap. So that doesn't really mean much. But they've been playing good. And I will say this, and I will come out, I will not apologize for it because it's too early, but I will say I'm looking like I was wrong about LaMelo Ball because I felt like he was going to be a lot like Lonzo. Uh, He's not really going to show out. He's not going to do much. He'll probably put up like 14 points, like four rebounds, five assists, like decent. You was in the camp of thinking that LaMelo was going to be, was going to be like Lonzo. You think he was going to be that good? Hold on. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, no, I can hear you. My internet just cut me out. I some comments on his own Wi-Fi as well. But um, I, I was, I will admit, I was not in the camp. I was definitely in the camp saying the Lamelo ball not was going not a bust, not a bust. I'm not saying that. I didn't say he's gonna be like Anthony Bennett or Greg Oden or anything like that. I just thought he was gonna be like slightly better than Lonzo, you know, like fourteen points, four rebounds, five assists and I don't want to get ahead of myself because like I said 13 games he's had some good games he's had some bad games he had the triple double the other night he had a game where he didn't, score at all. Now, he didn't have he had a game he didn't score at all so you know it's a lot of up and down variability he's basically like Bitcoin he's up he's down he's all over the place but he's always exciting at least and he always makes headlines so I mean if you want to invest in Bitcoin buy some Lamelo ball stock but at the same time he's playing better than I thought he would early and the Hornets are winning games so maybe I'll be wrong about that. So that surprised me. We already talked about the Wizards as much crap as I give Russell Westbrook. I thought they were at least going to be like six, five seed material. And they still probably could. Um, it's not really a surprise because I kind of saw it coming, but I was expecting to be wrong. But Toronto was look pretty awful. Honestly, they look pretty awful. And yeah, I went yeah. into expecting them not to be very good because for once, Yakum got exposed in the bubble. And I feel like a lot of teams. Yeah, his first triple double last night. Yeah, he played. Yeah, Spicy P. He played. He played pretty good the other night. But at the same time, I was thinking, ah, well, you know, he kind of got exposed a little bit. I think teams are going to know how to play him better. Then Fred VanVleet, he's not really as great of a player as he is. He's more of an ancillary side piece more than the main attraction. Kyle Lowry's, a, you know, what you're going to get with Kyle Lowry. He's not going to really carry your team, but he'll keep you relevant. Um, they lost Serge Ibaka. Marcus All hasn't been that good for us. You know, we didn't talk about that, but he still was a piece of their core and he was a big part of their defense. And obviously they lost both of those guys, him and Sergeant Baca. Now they got Chris Boucher. I like Chris Boucher. I like Chris Boucher. Um, and I like Nick Nurse. Obviously he's a great coach, you know, in my opinion, top five coach in the NBA. But I'm surprised they've been doing as poorly as they have. I wasn't saying they're going to be like a top four seed, but I figured they'd at least be like, you know, six through eight. I had them beginning of the season at six. So that's been surprising. Um, Jokic averaging a triple-double was not – I mean, I'm not surprised either, but it's still surprising. Say, that's, that's not too surprising. That, that's not too surprising because he averaged eight assists a game last year. But it's always surprising to see a big man who averages 10 assists a game. Like, even though he's basically a point guard in a 6'10 body, it's still surprising like, to see a triple-double, especially just because that seemed like something that's not supposed to happen unless your name is Westbrook. So seeing him do it consistently – um, that that was surprising. The, those have been the main things. There's a lot of things that popped out to me that I thought were, you know, interesting, but not really surprising. Like the Hawks are the eighth seed. I kind of went to the season thing and they were going to be fighting for like that seven through 10 slot somewhere. Um, so that doesn't really blow me, but it's interesting. The Rockets aren't doing so good, but I figured because of all the people who have been missing games and then the James Harden controversies and whatnot, that would probably happen. So that doesn't really surprise me. All the teams I thought were going to be good have been good. Speaking of the Phoenix Suns, I know a guy who mentioned they were going to be pretty solid. They they looking pretty good. I don't, I don't know that man, but he, he knows what he's talking about. So I'm just going to throw that out there. But, you know, Celtics are good. The Bucks are good. The Sixers are good. The Lakers are good. The Clippers are good. Like, most of the teams I expect to be good are good. I guess you could say the Nuggets have come out to a slow start, and they're 50-50 right now. But mostly not really much of anything uh, that surprised me. So I always tell you, excuse me. Uh, I'm going to tell you, oh, God, I didn't mean to do that on there. <laughs> what about the Knicks? That's the team that surprised me. Actually, know, yeah, you Julius, Rand, Julius, Julius Randall, Randall, Austin that's Rivers. Where's he at on the MVP ladder? He needs to get some points. We need to No, we're not going to put him on. But they, they've been kind of surprised. You know, they five or six right now. They sent it to nine seed outside the playoffs. They've been surprising as a team to me because, you know, the Knicks have been <gasps> – Excuse me. The Knicks have been a laughable team for many years. You know, they have been taken seriously since Carmelo was there with Amari Stoudemire and them. And they went to that uh, Eastern, you know, what I think they were. What they the had? Semis. Semis. That was they had him. Amari. Um, that was German. Tyson Chandler. Smith. Tyson Chandler. Mon Shumpert. Steve Novak. Was it, did they have the best record in the East that year? Um, I don't think second, so. Second, second, I think they were behind the heat. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but it was one of those scenes, and that's what Carmelo was still battling for a scoring champion against KD. I know that was going on, but they haven't been very competitive 
or, you know, taken that serious since. So that's been very surprising and fun to see with the Knicks, see what they was going on. Um, like you said, the Raptors, that's been kind of disappointing to see with them, see how where they are at, you know, even coming up last season, this is not their first season without Kawhi. You know, last season was their first season without Kawhi, and they was pretty good. You know, Nick Nurse won Coach of the Year, and it was one of the top-seeded teams in the East last year without Kawhi. So we can't just put that on blame. But like you said, they lost Serge Ibaka. They lost Marcus. So two key uh, interior players. Big part of their offense and their defense. Losing him is a big deal. Marcus Hall was kind of that star. All worth, you can't move a lick, but at least he would stay still in the paint and just clog the lane a little bit. So I think right. that's their defense. And their defense really was their calling card. Their offense wasn't all that great, but they played phenomenal defense. They did play phenomenal defense. They did. And, you know, once they got that defense going, you know, the offense was going just as well after that, too. So, you know, seeing them, uh, it's kind of disappointing. My Pacers, I ain't going to say I'm too surprised. But I know I kind of came into the season not having too, you know, too much hope. I'm like, we didn't really do nothing this past offseason. Really didn't. Like, we just kind of kept the same team. You know, Victor's playing more now. He is playing, you know, DeMontis. He's playing really good. Brock or Brock is putting up. He's putting up numbers. Huh? Bonus is playing phenomenal. I like He him. is. Brock is playing really good, too. Lots of game. Yeah, Mouse Turner, he is. So, it's, you know, we're playing good in that band. You know, TJ Warren, he's been out a little bit with his injury. But as, that's a little bit surprising because right now we're sitting at number four in the East, which is what we usually fall into anyways. Like, just throughout the regular season, we always at least around four or five. Four through six, that's what we're going to fall at. But I think we probably end up staying around that area as the season progressed. Going out West, <sighs> your sons that you talked about, uh, they're number three in the, in the West. They they've been playing well. I saw them play against the Pelicans. They kind of put on a clinic against them a couple over oh, a week or two ago. You know they've been playing really well. Even though they lost to the Wizards last night, who was one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, yeah. Pelicans. That's been a surprising to me. Uh, and I'm kind of disappointed. You know I mentioned to it. I mentioned earlier on the show. Now I don't think Stephen Gunning is their coach. I really when they even hired him as their coach, I was like. Is this the move, like, that they want to go with this team, with this roster? I, I don't really think Sam McGunny is the guy for that team. And like I said, they have Lonzo and Bless on that backcourt. I thought at first they were going to have one of them come off the bench. That's what I thought. I thought they were going to have Bless come off the bench, at least. But having them two in the backcourt, defensively, defensively, that's good. Offensively, no. Because no. your shooting is not yeah, as good. I definitely need to go ahead and take, in my opinion – Lonzo come off the bench and just put J.J. Raddick in there. Because in my opinion... Really? Yeah. So Lonzo doesn't fit their offense very well because B.I. has been handling the ball a lot of those possessions. And Lonzo's not really a shooter. So he's kind of been just shoved off into the corner. That's why his numbers and his assists have been down. Because he's not really on ball in the way he usually is. And Lonzo is the kind of player who's really his most productive initiating the offense. That's why him and, Le- and LeBron, for the most part, they had some games where they played well off each other. But they really didn't allow each other to be their best selves. And B.I. has turned into this pretty much like this point forward for them anyway. And he's obviously better than Lonzo, so he should have the ball. But Lonzo, he doesn't really stretch. I mean, he has his moments. You know, the Lonzo ball came and said, well, the last five games, he shot 42%. And they'll, they'll ignore the first 15 that came before those. But he's not really a great shooter. He's not really a great shooter. But, okay, now can you attribute this to Stan Van Gundy's coaching? Because we saw last season, you know, he kind he. He wasn't as dominant, but he would have these stretches of games and he would show these flashes with Albert Gentry as a coach who, you know, tapped his potential as a playmaker. And, you know, we see these lobs, especially when Zion came back, then them two is playing well with each other. And even before Zion got there, him and B.I. is playing well with each other. So do you think this is a Stan Van Gundy thing? I think it could be a Stan Van Gundy thing, but it also could possibly just be a Pelicans thing because Alvin Gentry was coaching them last year too and they didn't play their potential. And then he was coaching them during the bubble and you see what kind of a mockery and I don't want to use a bad word, but it was a show, a show of the duty variety down the bubble. It was a shit show. Yeah, it was a shit show. It was a shit show. I just think they're young players and they want to do what they want to do. They're playing for contracts. They're playing for themselves. They're not playing as a team. They're all trying to figure out who's in the pecking order because they all got egos. I want to thank B.I.'s and B.I.'s mind. I'm the best players. I don't think he might be the best player. Lonzo just wants a damn ball. Blitzo, I just don't like Eric Blitzo that much. Personally, he, he didn't show me much in Milwaukee, especially when they needed him most. Like the avatar, that man would vanish. So I just don't think the team is really that great. And obviously, they the, the Laker misfits. I remember all these people talking all that 
talk last year about, oh, they traded Ninja for 18 games and they were six and 12 during that stretch. So it's not like they were world beaters on their own. They're just guys. And Zion to me, and I said it last year, I'll say it again. Zion to me is not this world changing LeBron level player. To me, he is not that kind of guy. He doesn't impose himself on the game as much as a guy like LeBron does. And I think most of most of that is because he's just not on ball. He's not a guard. He's a big. He's not big. He's only 6'6", but he plays like a big. And in the NBA, as it is constructed now, you can't really dominate the game unless you have guard-like skills. Like If you look at the top 10 players in the league right now, outside of maybe Joel Embiid, they're all guards or have guard-like ability. LeBron James, hard. Russell Westbrook, Ben Simmons, uh, I mean, even Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, Kawhi, Paul George, Bradley Beal, whoever you want to throw in there. They're all guards. They can all bring the ball down and really facilitate and conduct things. And Zion is basically a garbage pail guy. He gets rebounds. He gets the ball dumped down low and he finishes in there. He's great at that, but... He's great in transition. He's great in transition. He's he's, he's he's a good spot-up shooter. Right. But he's not initiating offense. And when you're not initiating the offense, it's like my career. Everybody wants to be a point guard because as a point guard, you get so much control over the flow of the game. And when you can't control the flow of the game, you're at the mercy of everybody else. And when you're at the mercy of everybody else, it's hard to be the best player. If you're like, you know, Shaq or Akeem Olajuwon or something like that, where you just this all-dominating presence maybe. But in the new age era, very difficult to do. So I just don't think the Pelicans are as good as build. I think they'll figure it out. Maybe he's not the coach. Maybe, you know, throwing our boy Kenny in the mix. He's great at developing young players and getting them to buy into a system. So I think that would be great for them. But I was never really expecting a ton from the Pelicans. I figured they would make the playoffs like the eighth seed. I didn't think they'd be much higher than that if they did. Um, They're obviously not hitting that metric, but I'm not surprised they're not either. So I would think for them coaching-wise, I would think Mark Jackson be the good coach because he's a former point guard. You know, he's second all-time in assists because uh, Magic, him, then Steve Nash. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm assuming so. Yeah, I know Steve Nash before he retired. I know Steve Nash cracked three. No, it's Stockton. I'm tripping. He, he yeah, Steve Nash took over for Mark Jackson. Yeah, Stockton. He's top five for sure. He's top five for sure. Stockton's he's, got- he's number four. He's number four. That's what he is. Cause yeah. it's um, uh, I think it might be kid. Stockton, Magic, Nash, or kid, and then Mark Jackson. I think. I know Nash is number three. Mark Jackson number four. I know Nash is his spot. He's, he's Nash at least is number three. He's top five. He's top five. So I think if you had a guy like him on that team, you know, playing with a guy like Lonzo, I think he probably would have liked the potential. We saw what he did with Steph Curry. Granted, two different t- uh, uh, styles of players, but you know, going off Mark Jackson type play, he is being that pass first type of guard. You know, I think they kind of would have helped Lonzo. Not saying that Lonzo was the main guy that New Orleans need to worry about, but in terms of like the culture that we talk about, and, you know, developing guys, developing players, I think he would have been a better, a better, well suited guy for that team than a Stan Van Gundy is. Because I, I think I mentioned this before, even on the last show, like we seen what he done in Detroit with a bunch of young guys. He really didn't do nothing with them. He didn't really do much. They had, they had like what one playoff run, and they got swept in four games by Milwaukee with the injured Blake Griffin. That's about it. You know, the year before or year before, but Team 4, they played with the Magic. You know, you led them to the NBA Finals, but that's with a big man, a bunch of shooters. And, you know, you would think, okay, this guy has coached a team that, you know, with good spacing. You think he would try to implement that with this team, but we see with this team, he's kind of gotten, kind of went like a defensive-minded type team. You know, like I said, having Lonzo Bliss on that. Right. Williamson and Adams as a parent is not the problem. I think them two down low is really good. You have Brendan Ingram there, you know, as that wing guy. But it's just that backcourt. I'm still not sold on. I don't like having blood someone well, on the backcourt together. Go JJ on there. I just think yeah. that would facing, I think it would help them with sharing the ball. I think it would just open up the court. They would give up a little bit on defense, but the add on the, the value add on offense versus the decline in defense would be a net positive in my mind. Right. And you know. Like it just doesn't it just doesn't blend well. And like I said, going on what I said, I just didn't really think high stand was really the move from New Orleans. So 
that's yet to be seen what they're going to do with this as it's going on in the season. You know, maybe something clicks. You know, maybe they make that make some trades with somebody. On I don't know. Because they got some young players. You know, they got some good people on their bench. You know, Josh Hart is still there. Jackson Hayes. You know, um, you know, a bunch of other guys they have on that team that I'm not naming right now. But they have some shooters. It's just... Uh, it's the offense is not this well right now. I, that's kind of disappointing to me because I really had high hopes for them going into the season, especially with them signing Stephen Adams, because that was really a big signing for me, for that for that team. Um, but yeah, I mean that you know, Timberwolves is playing pretty bad. I thought they'd be at least a little bit better. I know Carly Towns been out some games, so I can't really attribute. You know, I can't really act like that's you know, I. I can't even ignore that fact. I should say I can't ignore that fact that he's been gone a couple of games. So that's kind of played it to the part why they haven't been playing that good. You know, hopefully that's yet to be seen. Cause like I said, it's all beginning of the season type numbers and stats. As we start to get into the end of this month and in February, as we move as we get close to all-star break, we're really starting to see where the NBA teams were aligning these standings and who's really gonna have a good year, who's gonna end up having a shitty year. I think it's really gonna find out. But as of right now, those are kind of my surprises and disappointments. And as right. I as I'm gonna have over the show here today, you know, Bucket Patrol, thank you again for joining us. Uh will we see you here more often now? Or what what's going on? What's going on? Cause you're here for the second week in a row. What's going on, man? Are you here for good? Let the fans know. Uh, look, you know, me and my agent, we're going to discuss it. We're going to talk about it. Make sure <laughs> me and my family, make sure everybody's behind this decision. But uh, I know I enjoy being on the podcast. Somebody's got to bring some rationale and logic to the passion pod. And I figure it's my civic duty to provide it wherever I can. I can't commit to being here long term, but I say that when I'm going to be here, it's going to be a good time. Hopefully it's a long time, too. But we'll see. We'll see very soon. And we enjoy you by we, I mean me and the fans that tune in uh, on this show. Uh, so, hey, if you come, you come. If not, oh, well, ball will keep rolling without you, as we saw earlier mm-hmm. on the show. <laughs> thank you, George. And uh, thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Trey Ball. Peace out. We done.